Welcome to this peer voice activity. To access the entire activity, including downloadable slides and transcript, go to www.peervoice.com forward slash NTE. This activity is supported by an educational grant from GSK Limited. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I am Tommaso Cai, I am a neurologist from Santa Chiara Regional Hospital in Trento, Italy, and it's a great honor for me to discuss with my friend and estimate colleague, Professor Kurt Naber from the University, Technical University of Munich, Germany. Welcome, Kurt. In the first presentation, we will review the current guideline for managing drug resistance uropathogen and how to optimize the treatment. As you all know, urinary tract infection and cystitis in particular are one of the most prevalent infectious disease among women with an important impact of their quality of life and with an high social burden. As you all know, they are young women with active sexual life and has been estimated that from 20 to 30% of adult women who have had and urinary tract infection will experience another symptomatic recurrence episode of urinary tract infection. Uncomplicated cystitis is defined as acute, sporadic, or recurrent cystitis limited to non-pregnant women with no, no relevant anatomical and functional abnormalities within the urinary tract or comorbidities. Moreover, Uncomplicated urinary tract infection have a low risk to develop a urosepsis. We know that E. coli is the most common causative pathogen in cystitis, followed by Staphylococci, Klebsiella, and Proteus. I think that the management of urinary tract infections is like a rugby match. You are the coach and the bacteria are the opponents. And the question is, like in a rugby match, what do we need to do before the match? First of all, we need to analyze the opponents and select the player and the, your team. This is my theory. So, Kurt, talking to the management of urinary tract infection, what are the guideline and therapeutic approach in multi-drug resistance uncomplicated and recurrent cystitis? Tommaso, according to the guidelines of the European Association of Urology, we should use as first choice antibiotics phosphomycin, nitrofurantoin, pifmetzilinam, in Germany also nitroxylin. The alternatives, for example, cotrimoxazole, we should only use if the resistance of E. coli is below 20%. Cephalosporins may be during pregnancy but we should not use any of the fluoroquinolones for uncomplicated cystitis. Because the problem is, if we use antibiotics, especially amino penicillin, cephalosporins, fluoroquinolones, cotramoxazole, then we have a so-called collateral damage. That means we select resistant pathogens mainly from the fecal flora, and that will be the next uh, pathogens uh, for causing UTI. It is not so much the collateral damage, it's not so much with phosphomycin, nitrofurantoin, pifmetzilinam. Now, Tommaso, what about 
challenges of treating patients with an acute or recurrent drug-resistant UTI despite current recommendations. As you all know, Kurt, unfortunately, in the last year, the number of new antibiotics decreased and on the number of resistant bacteria increased. As you will know, the medicine changed, the patient changed too. The patients are older and have a lot of comorbidity, but the bacteria changed too. In particular, the prevalence of resistance to fluoroquinolone, a broad-spectrum antibiotics in gram-negative urinary pathogen is increasing. Moreover, we need to take into account to avoid the use of fluoroquinolone in the management of uncomplicated urinary tract infection due to the relevant antibiotics side effect. Can you describe some key scenarios illustrating the impact of suboptimal management of an uncomplicated urinary tract infection? Yeah, Tommaso, as I mentioned before, the consumption is driving the resistance. And here you can see two studies, one 1997 and one from 2000. And you can see that the rise of multi-drug resistance depends on usage, on consumption. And therefore, we have to be very careful when to use antibiotics, to use it in this situation exactly when it should be used. Now we performed a physician-based chart review in Germany in patients with uncomplicated UTI, and they had frequency, urgency, and uh, suprapubic pain and the typical symptoms. And we collected all these E. coli strains to investigate the antimicrobial resistance. These uh, patients were uh, above the age of 12 years, and um, the E. coli had to be tested at least for three antimicrobial drug classes, such as phosphomycin, nitroforantoin, mycilinum, um, cephalosporins, fluoroquinolones, and trimetoprim. Now, then we divided this in three cohorts. If the pathogen was susceptible to all, or resistant to one or two, or to resistant three or more, which means multi-drug resistance. So if you look at the overall resistance, you can see that the resistance is fairly low for phosphomycin, nitroforantoin, a little bit higher, metzilinam, cefpodoxim, and it's almost 20% for cotramoxazole. And uh, however, if you look only at multi-drug resistant, then you see 60% resistant phosphomycin, 50% nitroforantoin, metzilinum, even over 60%, and cotrimoxazole as well. So you can see our problem is the multi-drug resistant pathogens, and there's an unmet need for new options, for new option of oral treatment. Now, what about treatment? 220 physicians, practitioners, urologists, gynecologists, they treated all these 386 patients. And um, most patients, more than 90% were treated only one cause, but 88% needed multiple causes, for example. Here you can see 
most drug what was used in Germany is phosphomycin. Then followed by nitrofurantoin, not so much methylinum, only about 10%. But then you can see that still the physicians in Germany use a lot of fluoroquinolones. They still have not realized that at least for the susceptible pathogens, we should not use fluoroquinolones. Okay, I can understand for multi-drug resistance. Yes, this I can understand. But then you see, uh, for example, cefpodoxime is used only 10%. Cotrimoxazole is going down. That's good. And here you can see in all these patients, we had so-called complications. And some of them had to be treated a second time, second prescription. And this was uh, significantly higher in the multi-drug resistant group. Also, recurrent UTI was more often in the resistant group. And so we can conclude that from this uh, study, we have learned that there is a potential risk with multi-drug resistant pathogens and we need some new antibiotics. Now, Tommaso, how can current recommendation be implemented to best to be best effective? First of all, we need to consider the local bacterial resistance. Moreover, we need to perform a correct assessment of patients' behavior. Moreover, we need to consider all the pharmacological characteristics of antibiotics that I want to use. We need to avoid the overuse of antibiotics. And we perform the, our management of urinary tract infection under the umbrella of antimicrobial stewardship principle. So, in conclusion, E. coli is the most important uropathogen isolated from urinary tract infection. Moreover, we need to find a new treatment option in antimicrobial resistant area also in the management of urinary tract infection. And moreover, the oral antibiotics are the most important treatment for the uncomplicated urinary tract infection with a low, very low side effect and with a high compliance from the patient. Moreover, we need to take into account all recommendations from the international guideline and consider the adherence to the principle of antimicrobial stewardship principles. Welcome everybody to the second presentation. I am Kurt Nava from the Department of Urology of the Technical University of Munich in Germany. Joining me in the discussion is my dear friend and esteemed colleague, Tommaso Kai. In this presentation, we will provide an update on emerging therapies for drug-resistant uropathogens and how they may be implemented going forward. Tommaso, how can the challenges of managing drug resistance, acute and recurrent cystitis be overcome? So good. As we discussed before, I think that a new approach to the management of urinary tract infection is urgently required. But what is the new approach to urinary tract infection management? 
His new approach is based on three important pillars, the local bacterial resistance, the evaluation of risk factors, and antibiotic, of course. But uh, what about local bacterial resistance? E. coli is the most common uropathogen isolated from patients with the urinary tract infection. In general, other strains are more prevalent, such as Enterococci, Klebsiella, and others. And another important aspect to highlight is that even if E. coli is the most common uropathogen, the resistance rate among E. coli is different from the different areas. In this sense, we need to know the local bacterial resistance before prescribing an antibiotic in order to use only active antibiotics. Moreover, I would like to stress to not to use antibiotic if its resistance rate is more than 15%. This is very important to remember. Moving to evaluation of risk factor, we know that a better understanding of the natural history of urinary tract infection and the recurrent urinary tract infection in particular could help us in reducing antibiotic use and improve antibiotic stewardship. Moving to the last pillar, the empirical antibiotic therapy. The European Association of Urology Guidelines suggested that our empirical treatment should be based on three important parameters. The presence of urinary tract symptoms in absence of vaginal discharge, of course, but we need to consider also the data in local antimicrobial resistance surveillance and we need to consider the patient's previous antibiotic exposure. Kurt, how far are we from seeing a new option for drug-resistant uropathogen? Thank you, Tommaso. Yes, there are new options. For example, an oral gepotidazine. This is a topoisomerase inhibitor. Uh, it selectively inhibits bacterial DNA replication through a unique mechanism not utilized by any currently approved antibacterial. So that's really new. And in an exploratory efficacy evaluation, it showed uh, clinical success with more than 80% at the test of cure and the follow-up. There are two phase three study running, that is Eagle 2, Eagle 3, and there 1,500 milligram gepotadizine are twice, uh, two times per day for five days is compared with nitrofurantoin 100 milligram twice daily also for five days. Now at the moment there is a pre-planned interim analysis and we are very keen to see the results. But there's another oral antibiotic, sulopenem. That is a oral carbapenem. Here it was tested against ciprofloxacin in a phase three study. Sulopenem was superior to ciprofloxacin in patients with uncomplicated UTI due to ciprofloxacin non-susceptible pathogens. In the susceptible population, it showed some comparable results, but it did not reach the non-inferiority. So we can see here we have another oral 
carbapenem to treat such resistant pathogens. The safety of both drugs, sulopenem and ciprofloxacin, were about the same. So both drugs were, uh, had a good safety. Tommaso, how do we ensure that when new options become available, we preserve their effectiveness for as long as possible in accordance with good antimicrobial prescribing? I would like to highlight an important aspect that the awareness about among urologists and general practitioners about local bacterial resistance is very low. Uh, nobody consider the local resistance. Nobody know about uh, their uh, local resistance area uh, among Europathogen, and uh, probably uh, I, I don't know the real uh, situation in my in my in my area about uh, resistance to carbapenem, for example. And uh, uh, as a court uh, clearly. Uh, highlighted uh, now we uh, suggest an empirical treatment to, to a complicated urinary tract infection. Moreover, another aspect to consider is that the use of new oral carbapenem uh, is uh, probably related in the future with the cross-selection resistance uh, against uh, endovenous uh, carbapenem such as uh, meropenem or, or the other. It is a very important issue to, to discuss before, uh, before start to use uh, in everyday clinical practice because the, the, the study are a, a specific identity and the real life is totally total different. I, I think uh, also that uh, the, the most important point to highlight in the, in the efficacy of Jepotidacin uh, is totally different from the other class of antibiotics such as uh, penicillin, carbapenem, and cephalosporin. And this is the, the real uh, first point to, to highlight. And uh, moreover, I think that another important aspect to highlight that, that is the efficacy uh, in a very short period of action uh, in order to avoid the risk of new resistance uh, to jepotidacin. We have a general problem, of course, for uncomplicated UTI because usually in the in the daily practice nobody is doing uh, microbiology. Everybody is treating. Uh, however, only the um, maybe known multi-drug resistance. Then, of course, we would would use such a drug, or um, if if that is a failure and the failure you have seen are in the in the range of 10% that is a range of 10 10 15% failure rate and the other thing would be we need to propagate on spot <laughs> resistant to to determine resistant pathogens i would like to come back to my theory do you remember my theory i think that uh, the management of urinary tract infection uh, is uh, like a rugby match. But uh, in conclusion, who is the winner? The winner is the individual player? Not. I think no. I think that uh, the winner is the team. And uh, the team, it means use uh, a correct uh, antibiotic approach, perform a correct uh, patient assessment, 
relating to all risk factor and patient's behavior. Moreover, we need to prescribe antibiotic in line with the international guideline. And moreover, we need to improve the, our adherence to the antibiotic stewardship principle. Yeah, Tommaso, let me summarize uh, what we have discussed together. You have mentioned several times that we need to know the microbiological data of resistance, especially in our area. It's not enough to worldwide or countrywide. We need to know it in our area, not to prescribe antibiotics with a resistance rate over 15%. Also, we need to know the specific characteristic of the patient. For example, this patient had already antibiotic treatment with drug A or B. We have to consider this or the history of recurrent UTI and so on. And then also we should only use antibiotics for symptomatic urinary tract infection and not use it for just asymptomatic bacteriuria because consumption is driving the resistance. And also, uh, another point is cross-resistance. For example, if we have resistance for one cephalosporin, don't use another cephalosporin. Just uh, go to another group of uh, antibiotics. So this we have to consider. And uh, uh, then we have a problem, of course, with multi-resistant drugs. And for the multi-resistant drugs, uh, we probably need new options. However, it will be important to ensure that uh, they are only used under appropriate antibiotic prescribing stewardship. Thank you very much for your attention. This has been an activity published by Peer Voice.